live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Turning the page on an epic and dramatic failure is never an easy thing to do, especially when that epic and dramatic failure is so public, so public, so humiliating, and so very, very cringy and corny. That's right. I'm looking at you, Captain Cringe. All Russell Wilson wants to do is just move the hell on. And instead, he keeps getting dragged over and over and over again. Right when I thought that it couldn't get any worse than Tariq Woolen saying that the dude is built like a sack of potatoes. Seeing him in person, it was pretty funny because... Like on TV and stuff, you see him like like from college and stuff. You like okay, he looking shape on TV. But you see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he might be out of shape. I mean, that's that's an incredible line. You see him on TV and he looks like he's in shape, and then you see him in person and he looks like he's a sack of potatoes. You see him in person, it's like weird. He like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> 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 And then one of the other dudes jumps in with, he might be out of shape. And then don't forget, Woolen also added he's short. So I thought that that was pretty much rock bottom. One of the best things ever, but rock bottom. However, this morning, old Russet got dragged again. There's a brand new piece in The Athletic which basically revealed that as horrible as everything looked in Denver last night, it was even worse than that, even cheesier than that, even cornier than that, even cringier than that. I mean, I don't even know what the biggest nugget was. Maybe the biggest headline was the nugget from February. In fact, why don't we start right there? A.K.A. before the sack of potatoes landed in Denver when he was still, hey, Seattleing. Instead of Broncos countrying. Broncos country. It's when he attempted to storm the palace with this attempted coup. An attempted failed power play. Check this out. According to this column, quote, convinced that Carroll and Schneider were inhibiting his quest to win additional Super Bowls and individual awards, Wilson asked Seahawks ownership to fire both of them according to league sources who spoke to the athletic on the condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the details. End of quote. He didn't just try to run off the gum assassin. He tried to blow out the GM as well. The speed talker already could not look any better in the Russ divorce, except right now he somehow looks even better because the tater continues to eat L's. I mean, obviously, Seahawk Brass sided with Carroll and Schneider, which led to the incredibly awkward and even less effective partnership of Cringerous and Nate Can't Hack It, whose first mistake in a long, long list of mistakes was letting the tuber have his own office. So the column continues. Yes, we had heard about that. And yes, apparently, Russet had his own office. But... He had his own office on, wait for it, clones. You'll love this. He had his own office on the second floor. floor. And no, I'm not saying that so Alvin can do that. 
No, that was not my plan. I did not want to hear the Luca song. I'm just saying it because it's an important detail in this piece. Quote, the players were always on the first floor. They never really came up to the second floor. Well done, Albie. Very subtle. One coach said, the coach went on, quote, if you came up to the second floor as a player, it honestly was not a good thing because you were probably getting released. End of quote. One offensive player said that Wilson told teammates he had a, quote, open-door policy with his office, which to another coach seemed problematic. Quote, so, are you a coach or are you a player? The coach asked. Your open-door should be you sitting at your locker. End of quote. Oh, snap! The open door should be you sitting at your locker. In other words, the rest of the team needs to see the human sack of potatoes. A guy who says he's all about the team, a team first guy, a locker room guy, doesn't even go into the locker room. Make that make sense. The sack of potatoes does nobody any good acting like he's better than the rest of them by separating himself from the rest of them and just kicking it on the second floor. And no, I don't need to hear that song. Bad enough to be pulling this crap. But if you're going to pull this crap, you better make it to the postseason and you better make a deep run. Instead, they end up going 5-12. and 12. They have arguably their worst or most disappointing season ever, and the coach doesn't even make it out of his first season, largely because that coach let Russ do whatever the hell Russ wanted to do. Let's ride. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride your ass back down to the locker room where you belong. Broncos country. Because you know Sean Payton's not going to tolerate any of that crap. He's not going to tolerate any of Russ's cringy, corny, cheesy crap either. You know, like also according to this column, rolling with his own QB coach, rolling with his own nutritionist, and rolling with his own physical therapist. And they were all on property. They were all inside the facility. And if he has his own nutritionist, why does he look like, quote, a sack of potatoes? And if he has his own quarterback coach, why did he play like crap? And if he has his own quarterback coach, who is he listening to? That guy or the actual quarterback coach employed by the team, or more importantly, the actual head coach? In fact, you know what? Personally, I'm shocked that Rust didn't just bring in his own head coach. He brought in his own quarterback coach. Why not bring in his own head coach? Like, you know, just kind of walk around the facility with the guy that he really wanted, Sean Payton. You know, I'm surprised Russett didn't bring in his own team. No, I don't mean like a team of his own personal people. I mean like 52 other dudes that he handpicked. His own team. Hey, back to the office. So he's got his own office. But I will say this. He did use the office, and he did put that office to use. He actually used the hell out of the office. According to The Athletic, he was drawing up his own plays. He even called his own offensive meetings, but he did so on Tuesdays. 
as everybody knows, Tuesday is the one day a week that NFLers get off on game weeks. Yet he's bringing these guys in on Tuesdays because who doesn't love to sit through long, corny, ineffective, self-absorbed meetings on their off days? But the worst part was the film Russ was showing in these meetings because there wasn't very much Bronco tape. Apparently, he was breaking down Seahawk film or more accurately, Seahawks highlights, his own Seahawks highlights. Quote, it was kind of like he was going down memory lane with stuff that he had done in Seattle, said one offensive player. It was some very strange weeks. End of quote. Yeah, I'd say it was pretty strange, pretty sad, and even more than sad, pretty cringe. I mean, there were some pretty horrendous moments from the very brief Nate Can't Hack It era. But I got to say, one of my favorite ones was Bronco fans sarcastically counting down the play clock to clown the fact that the offense could not get snaps off in time. Or maybe they were actually trying to help. Turns out, Russett had his fingerlings. Alvin, where's the ding? Thank you. Russett, spud, mashed, had his fingerlings all over that too. We all thought that Nate can't hack it, just couldn't get the plays in on time. But according to these sources from The Athletic, can't hack it, was getting the plays in plenty of time. The problem was, reportedly, Cringerous was going Cringerous in the huddle and giving pep talks along with the play calls. Quote, mostly in the beginning, Wilson would give us a motivational speech to get us going before the play, Judy said. Quote, I don't think he would say anything extra or anything unnecessary. He would give us the call and some motivational words and a little something extra like, get this block. But I don't think it was nothing long-winded. Yeah, well, apparently it was long-winded enough that delay games became such a big thing that Bronco fans had to count down the play clock. So he must have been giving pretty long-winded speeches. Dude was probably like, yo, yo, fellas. Hey, fellas. Let's ride. No, he was like, hey, fellas, it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. Yo, 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 fellas, listen, listen. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Oh, and turn chicken, chicken bleep in a chicken salad. Oh, green, right, X, shift, viper. Oh, timeout, timeout, timeout. Hey, now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? Call timeout, Russet. Like, there's so many amazing details in this column. You've got to read the whole thing. One of my favorites, though, was, quote, Wilson hired a new publicist as his image suffered through the difficult season. End of quote. As if any publicist could positively spin any of that corn, any of that cringe, or any of that cheese. 
or make that season anything other than the worst Broncos season ever. Whatever that publicist told the reporters from The Athletic obviously went in one ear and right out the other. I mean, that was your solution to hitting rock bottom last year? Bring in a new publicist to change out Broncos country, let's ride, to Broncos country, let's cringe. Broncos Broncos country, country. let's cheese. Broncos country. Let's corn. Broncos country, country. let's cheese. Listen, if anybody can de-cringe, de-corn, or de-cheese the sack of potatoes that is russet, it's Sean Payton. Notice I said if anyone can, because I'm not sure at this point anyone can. Just as I don't know when all of this corn and cringe is going to come to an end with cringerous. But speaking for myself, I hope the answer is never, because I simply cannot get enough. Sack of potatoes, let's cringe. Broncos country, let's ride. Russet probably asked for a team name. Hey, uh, hey, Nate, can we just change the name to the Denver Russets? The Denver Fingerlings? Hey, maybe, actually. (laughs) The Denver Yukon Golds? Hey, maybe the Denver Scallops? Maybe we could actually just move the team to Idaho and then become the Idaho Russets. And then just play exclusively in the potato bowl. My man Russet, he puts the A in team. A is in awkward. Man, how pumped do you think Pete Carroll is right about now? Pete Carroll must have been so tired of Russ's bleep and wanted him out of Seattle so fast. He would have rather started Jim, what's your deal? Harbaugh as his quarterback. What's my deal? What's my deal? I got a diva for a QB who wants to sit on my chair, in my office, who wants to get me fired, and the GM. That's my deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. This dude's still a Hall of Famer. Well, as of right now. But instead of a yellow jacket, you know what they should do? They should fit him with an upside-down burlap sack with holes for sleeves. But at least nobody said you look like a sweet potato. Let me tell you something about sweet potato. Sweet potato sucks. People who say that sweet potato fries are just as good as normal fries are lying to themselves. You're lying to yourselves. They're not. They might be healthier, but they're not as good. Stop saying that. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything ridiculous to get it. Discover does it automatically. Seriously, though. See terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. We are joined by safety, Justin Reed. Justin, great to have you on the show. How are you? Oh, I'm great, man. Happy to be on board. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to have you on board. You look great. So it's been a couple of weeks since you played your first Super Bowl. You won your first Super Bowl. Has it all sunk in? How are you processing it? 
Oh, uh, definitely, man. I mean, that whole week was nuts. Um, from the training out in Arizona, which is where I go every year to train anyway, um, to coming back and having the parade, uh, which also happened to fall on my birthday on the 15th, and then uh, going out and celebrating with the guys afterward with a quick trip to Vegas. Uh, at this point, it's definitely set in. I'm actually happy that things are starting to slow down again and uh, been getting back in the gym, getting ready to go back to work to repeat next year. Justin Reed joining us. All right, so there's a lot in that answer. That's really something like you train you train in Arizona, you get ready for the game in Arizona, you play the game, you win the game, you have a parade, it's your birthday, you hang out with the fellas in Vegas. I mean, that's a lot in a really, really good way. How do you top all that? <laughs> How do you top that week? Yeah, I don't think you can, man. It's gonna be, it's definitely gonna be tough to beat um, the week that it was. I mean, there's so many things that happened at the same time. Accomplished a childhood dream of mine to play in the Super Bowl and win it. Um, got a ring. Special time, special memories. You see the parade going there in the background. Um, Kansas City folks was awesome. I felt like you didn't see a dot without any red or gold that happened anywhere in the crowd. So uh, special moment, man. I'm still riding the high from it, and uh, just can't wait to. So repeat that feeling. Justin Reed joining us. You said you accomplished a childhood dream. I'm curious. Like when you come up like that, actually you had another background. You played some soccer too. But when you come up and you put in all that time and you make all those sacrifices and you've got this dream your entire life and then you actually get an opportunity, which is rare in and of itself, did it live up to the expectation or maybe even exceed it? Yeah, all that and more. All that and more. I mean – Pre-game, you look around, you look at the stands, and it's like there's just so much that goes into it, man. I mean, the 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 pre-game shows, you come out on the sideline. A lot of it is just maintaining your control of your emotions so that you don't get too hyped too soon um, and end up burning yourself out emotionally before the game's even started. Um, luckily, we have a, a coaching staff that's been there a couple of times with Andy Reid that prepared us for it. And it was like, yo, the biggest thing is to maintain your emotions. Don't get too high too soon. Such so ready to go and play the game. And then afterwards, like when the game was over, you know, it, it took a minute for it to set, sink in with the confetti's going, crowds going nuts. Um, and then there was that moment that it really hits you. And it's like, man, like we did it. Like we did all the work that we did, all the hours, all, you know, playing through injuries. It's never easy, but everything that's worth it is never easy, man. It just... It came to a, a point to where it's just unbelievable. Justin Reed joining us, you're good, man. I was going to ask you about that because, you know, there's always that talk about when I ask guys what the postseason is like compared to the regular season, they talk about, man, the speed is different, the intensity is different, and then the Super Bowl is a different animal altogether. I was going to say, how different is the energy and the adrenaline on that day? And then what do you do to channel it and control it to make sure you do not crash and burn or to get overcome by it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, there, nobody is going to be short on energy on Super Bowl Sunday. The biggest thing is because we go out there. Normally, you go out there, coin toss happens, and you're on the field in five minutes. We had our intros ran onto the field, and it was 30 minutes before we played the first snap of the game. Hmm. So between that time, you just have to get off your feet. They told us don't stand on the sideline, don't hype yourself up. Then you go into you play the first half, and you go into halftime, um, and it's another 30 minute break, which is normally a 10 minute break. Um, so there's a lot of time there. You got to get yourself re-warm again. Um, you don't want to be too high because it's really difficult to maintain that high intense energy level um, for just how long that Super Bowl game is. Games are normally three hours. But that one goes on maybe four and a half, five hours. Right. So it's a different animal in itself. Um, and having guys that have been there before to help walk you through it 
um, definitely played a role in, in helping us get the win. Justin Reed joining us. Let me ask you this. You set the tempo early on, I thought, with that big hit on Devontae Smith on the sideline. How did that lick feel to you? And can a shot like that lift the energy of the entire defense early on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was happy. Uh, I was just playing football at that point, honestly. Like I said, the juice was already running. And, uh, that shot let, let everybody know, like, this is this is the tempo that we're playing with and we're here to stay. So I actually talked to some of the guys on the sideline um, that that motivated the offense, defense, um, everybody to get fired up and ready to go because it's like, yeah, we're here. We, we deserve to be here. We belong to be here. Um, but, man, that Philadelphia Eagles offense was one hell of a beast to try and stop, man. They were a talented team. Um, the quarterback sneak was damn near impossible to stop. Um, but it was a good game, man. Probably one of the best games ever played in, let alone, um, I think the viewers would agree, one of the best games to watch in the Super Bowl. Great game. Dude, you know it's a good piece of lumber if it's firing up the offense as well. You know, you mentioned halftime. You mentioned the challenge in going up against their offense. I'm kind of curious. You guys were down 10 at halftime. They were dominating the time of possession. You had that longer halftime. You made some amazing adjustments. Mm -hmm. What was said at halftime, and what was your priority coming out in the second half in the way of adjustments? Yeah, well, first 10 minutes we went, like I said, it's a long halftime. We were able to just take a moment to ourselves, regain our composure. Um, then you start hearing some of the guys on the offensive side of the ball, Pat and Trav, they're having an emotional speech talking to the offense about bringing a higher energy level out. On the defensive side of the ball, it's the same thing. Like, man, we're close. We're playing physically, but we got to get the third down stops. We got to create a turnover some type of way. And then you just felt the momentum build as we started getting closer and closer to the end of halftime. And we took off the field. I actually had a conversation with um, our player development guy, Ramsey. And one of the things he said to me was like, hey, next time we come back in this locker room, we're going to come back in champions. There was a wholehearted belief that we're going to overcome the obstacle, that deficit. We started off with the ball. Offense went down, scored quickly, got the ball back to him. And at that point, um, once we smelled a little blood in the water, we just kept digging into it. And they were able to make a big play to come back on it. Uh, and then at the end of the game, we're able to close it out. Justin, you mentioned Pat making an impassioned speech, man. This guy, he limped off. I mean, it did not look good. We all know about yeah, Patrick he, Mahomes. Man, he I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. Go ahead. Finish that thought. Like, we know this guy's arm talent. We know this guy's crazy athletic ability. Man, he is a dog, right? Like, this guy's got as much dog as anybody. You might not know by looking like, at Patrick. Everything finish that you thought. Would ever want. Everything you would ever want in a leader, that's who Pat is. I mean, the guy's passionate. He's smart. He loves football. He He's unselfish. He puts the team first. He's willing to walk out there with one leg, one arm. You know, if he's able to be on the field, he's going to fight his way to be on the field. I'm sure everyone saw, like, he was upset when Coach Reed took him off in the AFC Championship game for a series. Um, the guy wants to be out there. He wants to win. Um, he's a motivator. He's a great teammate, a great leader, and somebody that the entire organization rallies behind. When you have a guy like that, a quarterback, it doesn't matter what the score is. There's always a belief that you can come back and win the game. All right, so like Chiefs fans are incredible. Chiefs kingdom is incredible. It seems to me that if anybody earned the right to toss one or three back at the parade, it's that guy. Dude, he's out there on one leg. He's definitely <laughs> out there on one leg. He's making plays on one leg. Yet some of the fans still, and it's not the first time uh -huh. this has come up, they're still kind of put off. Are you at all put off by fans that are put off that you guys want to have a couple responsibly during the parade? No, I mean, I, I get a little bit where they're coming from, but this is this is the biggest stage in the world. Like every athlete's dream, every football player's dream is to be in this moment. 
you know, and there's so much emotion, so much riding into it. Um, it's a it's a high like you've never seen before. Guys want to celebrate and party, and everyone in the organization deserves that moment. So I get a little bit where they're coming from, but I also say that, you know, this is a moment for us to go and celebrate and absolutely should take advantage of it. That's a smart answer, dude. You're a Stanford man. Justin Reed joining us. I want to ask you this, though. I can't. <laughs> Like, I, I get it. L- listen, I'm not in any way condoning anything reckless or irresponsible, but if you can enjoy yourself responsibly, go ahead and do it. I also want to know, what were you enjoying yourself responsibly with? Because I think, I'm a tequila man, I know I saw a bottle of Class A Azul. What were you doing that day? <laughs> what did you have? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a, a tequila guy myself. So I had the bottle, there was a bunch of Casa Azul going around, some Casamigos. Um, so I stick to the tequila. Personally, there's a little less calories. Um, That's it. But, yeah, it was a good time. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Less calories. Are you a 42 guy? 1942? That's a little 1942. I stick on the Blancos a little bit more, but I'll ride with the 1942, too. All right. I see you working. Oh, there's new one, 818, too. 818 is smooth. Dude. For real? Yeah, it is. They surprised me. I didn't expect it to be as smooth as it was. Okay, first of all, any. Dude, I'm humili- kind of I, I, listen, dude, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed as somebody who grew up in the 818. I grew up in the 818, and I don't know about the 818. Tell me about the 818. It's a new one. It's a new one. New tequila brand. Um, I don't know how long it's been out. My first time trying it actually was at the parade. You know what I mean? Like Someone brought it out. I was like, man, what is this? And I got a shot. I was like, wow. It's not half bad. Dude, that's crazy. You know, and I thought that I was going to have... Might have an endorsement sponsor. We're looking around here, let me, too. Let me you know tell I mean? you something, dude. We need 818. You know. uh, 818 <laughs> for life, yo. 818 for life. I thought that I was going to go 42. <laughs> I thought I was going 42, Justin, tonight. But I'm going to go find some 818. I just want to know if it's like Calabasas, 818, or Van Nuys. Eight, well, Van Nuys actually is not the 818. Anyway... Good. Thanks for that. That's a good piece of information. Mm-hmm. Before you go, let me ask you this. Your former offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, officially introed as the new OC of the Commanders, which gives him an opportunity to be the play caller in D.C. I've been asking this question, and I don't know the answer. Do you have an, an opinion? Why hasn't he gotten an opportunity to be a head coach? And what's your take on him? Yeah, so I've only been here a year, so right. it's tough for me to be able to explain the full scope of it but in my limited experience with eb i mean i love the guy the guy's a passionate leader and one of the things that i respect greatest about him you know shady was talking about it kind of as like a downfall i thought it was like one of the greatest things that a leader can do is that he holds every player no matter who you are to the same standard doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what you did last week we play to a standard every time and he wants to, he wants your best he's going to bring your best out of you high and tight with the ball execution on the details doesn't matter who you are. He just wants us to be great. And I think that a little bit of what's happened is he's kind of been tucked away under Coach Andy Reid, Hall of Fame coach yourself. You know, and that's a big shadow to be under. And I think there's some belief that, hey, man, can he, got, can he do it on himself? So I think it was necessary for him to make this move to go to Washington. I'm happy for him for it. I know Washington's going to be excited about it, and they're going to be able to have a lot more production with them there. So excited for the opportunity for him. Um, taking a step forth. Well said. I agree with you. One last thought. So you come in, you're five years in, you went into a young DB room and that organization asked an awful lot of some young DBs. I'm curious, when you first got there, what was your message to them? And then how proud were you of the way they showed up on the big stage? Extremely proud. One of the biggest reasons that I believe I was brought in, not only was for what I could do on the field myself, but was to get those guys ready. I knew I was walking into a young room 
um, try and get those guys up to speed, allow them to be confident in whatever they're doing with the play calling, um, with their techniques, spend extra time with them in the film room afterwards. I actually had my own DB coach come up in training camp at 1.2 so they can work with all of us. Um, but it's really easy when you have a group like that that not as that not only is naturally talented and gifted, but they were bought in. You know what I mean? They took good advice. There was no ego. This is one of the closest DB rooms as a group, as a brotherhood that I've ever been a part of. No, no ego, no envy on who was on the field, who was not on the field. The goal was always how can we get this done? How can we get a win together? And whoever's the best man on the field for that job at that point, we're all cheering for that man to go and make a play. So those guys showed up big time. We needed them to. Um, and they got a ring to show for life for it. You know it. Chemistry and culture. One quick follow. I'm curious. It is your first year. Do you feel like you're in the midst, that this team is in the midst of building a dynasty, or are the Chiefs already a dynasty? I think that the dynasty has already started. You know what I mean? There was some bubbling on wherever we were, but I just you go back to the beginning of last season and all the talk and chatter about the Chiefs not even winning the division. Chiefs being picked to go last in our division. Um, and then what we're able to overcome with that, um, this was supposed to be our quote-unquote rebuild year. So I hate to see – I mean, we had six DBs in the defensive back room. I mean, six rookies in the defensive back room. So it's like if this is our rebuild year and we're able to keep on building on top of that, it's just only going to get more dangerous. So excited for Chiefs Kingdom, excited for us on what's going to keep building with the culture that we have here. Justin, you guys were running on some serious fuel. You just laid this out. I'm going to ask you this very respectfully because I got nothing but admiration and respect for you. I mean this truly. You watched The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, Mike, yeah, I did. Dude, Mike, Mike was incredible, but Mike manufactured a lot of stuff. I mean, do you did you guys really feel to a man that you were really disrespected and everybody was treating you like a last place oh, team? Absolutely, it's real. What? Absolutely. Yeah. Abs absolutely. Like that. That fire that comes from that is tangible. Like that energy. Like when someone gets, like, you know, there's a whole conversation about bulletin board material. That's real. That's real. And it shows, especially um, in the high-intensity moments, like the Cincinnati game and the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Nobody believing us in there. And then, you know, the Super Bowl. We saw the predictions. So it's like when we first walked into training camp, the conversation was always Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like that was always mentality. But outside of the walls of the building, not that those opinions matter, but we still heard it. You know, some of it leaks in was, you know, hey, we're just trying to fight and scrap just so we might not even make the playoffs, you know? And it's like, man, like nobody knows what we have inside of here except us, but that's okay. We're going to build on it. We're going to harness that and, and let it show up on the field when we go play. Dude, I know. I know you respect Joe Burrow, but when these guys are talking about Arrowhead being Burrowhead, was that like a reason to go? A reason to go? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't need, we didn't need more momentum, but it absolutely did jack us up a lot more um, right from the first snap to go out and really make a statement. Dude, you got a ring. Not only do you have a ring, but you showed up big on the big day. You had a big year. It seems like you've been there forever, and it's only been one year. Justin, much respect. Really appreciate you and the energy. You made the show better. It's great to talk to you, man. Thanks so much. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Jim.
Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. Now, a number of you have been asking, what are we going to do with Jim Rome's Big Head Bets podcast, which has become a staple during the NFL season? The Big Head, James Kelly and I, along with the pro football doc, picked NFL games all season long. So if that's how you get down, I know you loved it because the content was great and we made dough. Now, if you don't gamble and you checked out that pod, I know you loved it still because I know that's how a lot of you clones get down. This is why I'm so proud of that pod, because we were able to provide really useful information to those who know that game, and we were able to differentiate ourselves in a really crowded space. And even if you don't gamble, if you like this show, that pod was this show on roids. Ask anybody who listened or go back and listen to it to yourself. We absolutely let it rip. We got nice. We did things on that pod that would flat out get us fired right here. And a lot of you got used to it because we pushed it out every single Thursday without fail. And we took it all the way through the Super Bowl. And then we just ripped it from you. We just stopped. Cold turkey. And I know that was tough on a number of you. Especially Bella B, who loves James Kelly and our picks, and continue to demand to know when it was going to come back. And my answer then, as it is right now, I don't know. I don't know exactly when that pod's coming back. I just know the pod will come back at some point. In the meantime, depending on James Kelly's schedule, and more importantly, depending on his attitude, because frankly, the guy's become a real pain in my ass. My schedule. I can spot... Big head bet segments here on this show, depending on his attitude, like we did originally before it morphed into its own pod. In fact, I can do it right here, right now. Head, welcome back to the daily program. What's cracking? Back to working Fridays, eh? <laughs> okay, yes and no. Not Fridays, A, just okay. this Friday. If, okay. it's, if, if it's all right with you, Head. Yeah, I'm here, man. Let's do this. I'm excited. Is yeah. it all right? It's all we, right, Can we do man. this? Yeah, hell yes. Let's I don't do have to this. run you again, do I? No, no. That was nice, but I'm here. That yes. was awesome. All right, so let's do this. Now, I know you, for instance, absolutely hated the end of the NFL season. In fact, what was that like for you? Like, every single week we're doing this, we're doing this. Even without the podcast, I know you're all about that action, boss. What's it like for you when the Super Bowl is over? Depression, actually. I love all sports. I really do. But just knowing there's no football until August, college or pro or high school, dude, it's tough. It's dude, tough. That's not true. There's yeah. spring ball now, man. XFL. Look, I'll gamble on it because that's what we do. But, you know, dude, what about What about the St. Louis, St. Louis Battlehawks? Battle A.J. McCarron was on. He was great. He was awesome earlier this week. And that is a great cover, the St. Louis Battlehawks right there. So okay, there you go. See, then what are you crying about? No football. You got football. Uh, All right. So I, I have to admit, we killed it. 
Mm-hmm. And for one of the rare times, when we first started doing this, I was not as good at it, and I got better and better and better. I ended the season with a stack of cash burning yeah. a hole in my pocket. Yeah. I need action. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Remember, Head, this is not the pod. Know your room. Keep it clean. No four-letter bombs. Are you good? <laughs> that cussing thing. Alvin, have the dump button ready. I'm ready to go, Jim. Let's right, do this. Let's do it. Why don't we start with our dude, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I still love Aaron. I know you, you love Aaron, yes, and you sir. hate everything. Mm-hmm. Aaron is officially out of his darkness retreat. Question is, what is he going to do? Is he going to play? And if he does play, where is he going to play? These are great questions. Here's a better one. Can we get any action on that? So right now, the bets seem to be pulled on Aaron's specific destination. But an interesting thing here is it seems the odd makers um, are pricing the Packers as if he will not play for the Packers next season is what I'm seeing, Jim. Their Super Bowl winning number right now is 35 to 1. Aaron's Packers are usually 8 to 1, 10 to 1, 12 to 1, 14 to 1 maybe, not 35 to 1. The last time the Packers were a 35 to 1 number to start a season was 2008 when Aaron took over for the Tech Slinger. That is a Jordan Love number. So if you like him or if you think you'll stay for some reason, that is an unbelievable value at 35 to 1 because with him there, I still believe these guys could win a Super Bowl. Yes. That's really interesting. So my question is, you just Mm -hmm. said it's a value if you think. Will you hit that? I will not because I cannot read that guy at all. I think I tried last year and I probably missed on it. So I cannot read him, though. But, All right. Well, there yeah, you go. But, we'll but that, they clearly think that he's not staying if it's 35 to 1. All right. right. Good note. Let's move on to the association. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things you hate, Ooh. the regular season in the NBA. Head, you hate load management. You hate stars mm. not playing in spotlight games. Essentially, you think that product is ass, don't you? The product is absolute garbage um, for the consumer. I don't even know how garbage. someone can argue against that statement, Jim. It is terrible. Ears, good job. Ears. Ears. Good job. Good effort. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good ears. Good ears. Personal appearance is not show fodder. Bad eyes right? because nobody wants to watch that stuff. But all right, anyways, there you go. Yeah. Dude, you're on your best behavior. You stuff, so garbage, well done. All <laughs> right, so let's talk about one game that I know you're looking at, one game okay. that I know you're interested in, the start of the West Brick era. Hell well, yes. West Brick Clipper era. <laughs> and the NBA's best story, arguably Sacramento. I love the matchup. I know you do too. How are you playing this one? What's the number? The Westbrook-led Clippers are now favored by seven points tonight. Uh, by the way, did you see his intro clip for the Clippers Nation there? Um, Alvin's got it if you want to hear it. I swear he says Westbrook in it, Jim. Let's hear it. What's up, Clipper Nation? Russell Westbrook here. Super excited to get this thing rolling. Looking forward to it. Run that West- back again. What's up, Clipper Nation? Russell Westbrook here. Super excited. Westbrook, dude. 100% brick. Can you slow that down, Alvin, and do what you do with that? What's up, Clipper Nation? Russell Westbrook here. Super excited. Get this thing rolling. Dude, how there you can go. This guy, how can this guy take offense to anybody calling him Westbrook when he's calling himself Westbrook? I have no idea. He's starting two tonight. Russell Word just Westbrook got out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they're going to let Westbrook be Westbrook. Hell they're going to yes, let him start and jack it up. It's a beautiful thing, too. As far as this game goes, I'm taking the Kings and the points. Highest score, yes. Highest scoring offense in the NBA at 119.7 points per game. The second highest offensive rating behind Denver. Biggest weakness of theirs is allowing points in the paint. 
to a tune of 55 a game, but that's not where the Clippers excel. The Clip Show ranks 29th in points in the paint per game. Against the spread, both teams are dreadful in this spot, actually. Clippers are 0-6. Good word, dude. Dreadful. Dreadful. Big one for me again right there. They are 0-6 in their last six Friday games. The Kings are 0-4 in their last four after scoring more than 125 points in their previous game. That's in play from last night again as they shot lights out against Portland. That's a little scary. But uh, go, Russ, go here. Don't acclimate. Do your thing. Force bad shots and play no defense. Kings plus seven. Head, man, you are on fire today. No Straight fire. Go, no Russ, go. Get acclimated. Do your thing. Jack up shots. Don't play any defense and lose. All right, so you got Sacramento plus seven. Oh, Alvin, this just in. Sorry, breaking news during our segment. Can I get a breaking news sounder? The Rockets are ass. Oof. All right, so much so that these (laughs) sub-500 Warriors are what? What's Last I saw, they were nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Are they still? Now it jumped to ten-and-a-half. Okay, okay, they are the defending champs, yep. but they're under 500, and they're 10.5-point favorites. Yep. Any way you would consider yep. riding with Houston and a number that Ooh. big, or are the Rockets really just that bad? Oh, they're, I don't think so, dude. They're that bad. Did you see uh, the incredible video, by the way, of Tillman down at Mardi I did. I did. Dude. Alvin, okay, you got well, that no, one? we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say, go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> okay. we, we got, thank God we got 10 days off. <laughs> Thanks. That's so the, that's the owner of the team saying, <laughs> right. thank God we have 10 days yes. off, right? Happy Do you blame Martin him? Off. He's not wrong. No, and then he ended with pray for Victor. <laughs> <laughs> pray for, wait, I'm sorry, I stepped on that. Can I get a pray for Victor? <laughs> yes, happy Mardi Gras. Pray for uh, Victor. Thanks so <laughs> pray much. Pray for Victor. Right. <laughs> that's a great line. And yeah. pray for Victor is incredible. It's, it's amazing. Hey, we got 10 days off at, and pray for Victor. Dude, you can't blow, you cannot blame the guy either for blowing at off all. steam after watching. Hell no. At I love all. it. Yeah. He probably Hell doesn't even know they're yeah. playing tonight. Uh, I, he's probably still down there partying. I would be. Yeah, I hope he didn't leave half his face like Jarrah down there, but um, for the game here, expect it to be sloppy as hell. Pray we, for you getting to this game. Right there. Let's hope Tillman fared a little bit better than Jared. He did. I know okay. he did. Uh, sloppy as hell here, Jim. Uh, we have the two teams who turn the ball over more than anyone in the association playing tonight. Positive for Houston. They rebound well. Negative, everything else. They can't shoot. They can't score. They can't run. They can't pass. They can't play defense, and they are Can they jump? in prey. They can't even jump. Eh, they got some athletes. I will say that. They could jump, but they just can't, you know. You know, convert Put a basket. Put the ball in the hole. Exactly. Got Full it. on pray for Victor mode, like the owner said right there. Golden State should be better at home tonight. After getting worked by LaFib and the Lakers last night, they shot 28% from three-point land last night. But they are 22-7 and seven at home, and the Rockets are 5-25 and 25 on the road. No Steph, no Wiggins, but also no Jalen Green for the Rockets. Against the spread, as an away team, the Warriors were last night the worst in the NBA in covering only 27% of their games. But as a home team, they cover about 60%, and Houston is the third-worst road dog in the NBA at 33% coverage right there. Warriors, even minus 10.5 right now. Dude, you know, when I came back from Arizona, you know who sat next to me on the airplane coming back? Who? Jordan Palmer. Ooh, I like I feel that. like you went to the Jordan Palmer School of Speaking or the Jordan Palmer School of Gambling or Jordan Palmer School of Podcast. Like, you're so much better, dude. Oh, Have you worked with somebody? Or no. maybe maybe that long-form podcast is just not where you live because it's too much runway for you. You sound better today than you ever have. Since I'm the first guy to tell you when you don't sound, well, 
good, <laughs> well, well, yeah, listenable, yeah, appropriate. Mm-hmm. Dude, you sound well. You sound well. You sound good. We still have time. We yeah. still have time. All right. So really quickly, mm-hmm. what about the Cavaliers getting? Is it a point and a half against a Hawks team that just fired their head coach? The Cavaliers. Yeah. Not a bad team at all. Getting a point and a half. Do you want that value? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, yeah. Two yeah, for Trey. Coach is fired right here. Um, I'd be shocked if he doesn't go off tonight, though, after getting his way and Nate out the door. But the Cavs actually have the best defense in the NBA. And Atlanta Did you say has... Trey got him fired? Yeah, that's two for Trey, I believe. Two for me. Yeah. Okay. I think he got Lloyd, too. I mean, yeah. Two years after being in the Eastern Conference right. Finals and he's out. Yeah. It, it, it looks like Trey here. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I like but, Nate. I've always liked Nate. I love Nate. Great I coach. I don't play great for Nate. Coach. I think he's a hell of a coach. Oh, he's a great coach. He had him in the Eastern great Conference Final too, two years ago. Yep. No business. Great player as well. I agree for George Carl. George Carl went off about the firing too. Great follow on you Twitter, know, by the way. You know yeah. he did. Yeah, George. George's a wild man. Oh, he always dude. has been. Love him. Love him too. So, uh, game here. Cavs have the best defense in the NBA. Atlanta has played none lately. Their last two games heading into the All-Star break. They gave up an average of 133 points per game. Cleveland shot terribly last night against Denver from long distance, hitting only 23% of their shots. Normally, they are a good shooting team, so I like to come back up with that tonight. Big battle for them tonight is Clint Capella on the offensive glass for Cleveland. Outside of Big Steve in Memphis, Clint's about as good as it gets on banging the offensive glass there. But the Cavs are well-equipped. We have, they have Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley to hammer the glass. I love that part. Come ATS. on, Jarrett! Come on, Jarrett! Alvin? Okay. Yeah. Alvin's like over both of us. He's not, he's, <laughs> he's so he, sick he's of not, us. He's not a bleeping jukebox, James. <laughs> ATS, Alvin. <laughs> Hawks are covering 40% as a home favorite, and the Cavs are 6-1 and one ATS VA team with a lo- uh, losing straight-up record. I'm going Cleveland plus one and a half. <laughs> he's coming back. He's coming back. You woke him up. He just hit you with a buzz. All right, really quickly, because this is turning, in, in fact, into our podcast. Okay. And I'm supposed to stay on the clock. There oh, is a it. fight this weekend. Mm-hmm. You've got Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a Jake Paul fan, but the guy can mm-hmm. fight some. He can. And where he really excels is in creating content and making paper. And the fact that he got Fury to put his purse up. Actually, he wasn't going to jump on it, but his father goes, yeah, we'll take that bet. <laughs> I thought that was smart, man. It's going to probably move a couple of pay-per-views. It's going to get, to me, uh, it's going to get Paul paid even more money. Go ahead and play along. Who do you got? What's the number? Who do you yeah, like in this Jake, fight? Jake Kinsell, he's actually a first ballot Hall of Fame promo guy. I give him credit for that. But once again, uh, he's selling absolute bleep and how the world does not figure this out. It's a credit to him, so props there. Here, the world sees two guys with a 14-0 and combined record. But, Jim, I put our own detective, Jack Savage, on the case here. And here's what Savage found out for me. Tyson's half-brother, Tommy, looks like a Dodonis, but he's not a legit boxer, is what Savage said. Yes, he's a Eight no record wise, but check out the numbers he of the dudes the he's actually. At least boxed. you didn't wedge Savage into that. He didn't tell you that. He did. He told me that this morning. G chat. You, you got that? Oh, G chat. He, he found yeah. out all this stuff. He found let, out let that. Let me tell you something, Head. He's not on G chat. He's not. So that's that's a lie. Unless 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 he's on G chat with you and not me, and I doubt that sincerely. I, I found Savage, and this is what he has. Fury's combined records of the what? wins and those eight, 24 wins, 176 losses, and keep, five Keep the new draws. kid's name out your mouth. Okay, but Fury sucks is my Get point. Get off your flight deck, head. <laughs> Fury sucks. Okay, just say that then.
four of the dudes hadn't even won now. by the time they fought Tommy, and Tommy boys beat a fighter with 102 losses by points. He couldn't even knock the guy out, Jim. That's how bad Fury is. My guy Ben Askren could probably beat some of these dudes. That's how bad these guys are. To walk Fury that, walk beat. that back. Did you just say he beat somebody who's lost 102 fights by points? Couldn't knock him out. A guy lost 102 fights, Who, and Fury beat him by what, points. What state or country across sanctioned, the pond, across sanctioned the pond. a fight with somebody who's lost over 100 times? Dude. Who let the, that happen? I, I believe it was over. Uh, well, I know it was across the pond, but the, the, the entire total here is 24 wins. The Nevada State Athletic Commission? Not Nevada, but they probably would too. 24 right. wins, 176 losses, and five draws. That's Fury's opponents. That's who Jake just told the world. I'm fighting somebody my age, and this guy's got legit skills. Yeah, right, Jake. So I'm taking Jake minus 160 oh, because he knows exactly what they think. Thank you, Ben Askren. Love that guy. Why do you love that guy? I know you do. Oh, I love him. Why? Because he's one of those. You hate everything, but you love Ben. Look, I like Ben. I like yeah. Ben too a lot, but why do you? I love Aaron Rodgers, Ben Askren, the Shanahan's, oh, just some weird people. He was great at what he did outside of his boxing stuff, but he was a great wrestler. One of the best for he his generation. He was an amazing wrestler. Amazing, amazing wrestler. And then he put himself out there and he got knocked out. Jake won't put himself out there, and that's why he's going to win this fight at minus 160. The best part about Askren getting his ass kicked was he didn't even care. He got paid. Like he, <laughs> he knew. I, I think deep down he knew. He wasn't in shape. He knew that it wasn't going to go to the ground, except yep. he might go to the ground. But the check was going to clear, and he didn't care. I think he figured that out as the fight came closer. I think at first he ran his mouth like Ben hey, loves to do, and I love him for it. But I, th I think he figured out about two weeks. Probably when you talked to him, I felt like he probably had a good idea he's going to lose this guy in boxing. I think, yeah, I think he yeah. figured it out then, or he figured it out the first time the guy hit him in the face, and then he knew. <laughs> that too. All right, really quickly. So we went way over. Alvin's giving me some attitude and pushback again. Run it down right, really quickly. Bad. Who do you have? NBA tonight, Kings plus seven at Clippers, Warriors minus ten and a half against the Rockets, Cavaliers plus one and a half at Atlanta, fake boxing, Jake Paul minus 160 over the reality TV, Tommy Fury right there. Dude, it's real money though. It is real fake money. Fake boxing, real paper. There you, there go. you go. Head, great job. Really Thanks, well Jim. done. Appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, that man. was fun, and thank you for blessing us by showing up. You betcha. This message is sponsored by Discover. Did you know that you could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection? The latest innovation from Discover. Discover will help routinely remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data, and they will do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. We are joined by Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Good, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So let me ask you this. You are, I guess, in a way, ramping up for the stretch run of the regular season, if you would. You obviously want to be playing your best when it matters most. Is the team trending in that direction, and do you like what you're seeing from the guys right now? Uh, I do. We've played very well coming out of the break. Uh, All-star break came at a good time for us. We were kind of limping into it. Uh, got some healthy bodies back. Um, guys are refreshed and, and ready to go. And, um, 
you know, looking forward to the stretch run here. You know, I was going to ask you about that actually in a couple of moments, but since you brought that up, team got off Bruce to an amazing start. You were 13 2 to start the year. Then you played 500 hockey for the better part of 36 games going into the All Star break. And then you come out of the All Star break and you look absolutely great. Seems to me you're not a huge, big meeting guy or team meeting guy. What was your message to the team at the break? Well, coming out of the break, um, we were fortunate, Jim. We had our father's trip at the same time. So guys are naturally a little more juiced up. They want to play well in front of the dads. Um, and it was just about dividing the year into th kind of three quadrants. You know, the first one, we were good. Uh, finding an identity, creating an identity, play to the identity. Second part, of it, we went through a lot of injuries. And that that's, you know, when you experiment a little more with your group. But third part is... You got to play winning hockey, you know, and coming out of the break, we've done a good job with that. If you want to put yourself in a position to compete for the Stanley Cup, you just have to. And I think that's what separates us from a few of the teams in our in our division. Bruce Cassidy joining us. Bruce, for those who do not know the father's trip, maybe you can break that down. Let me just say this very quickly. I'm in Orange County, and my kids did actually play hockey. One of our kids played hockey for a few weeks, man. That is not easy being a hockey parent. And this is, of course, coming from a California guy. But what does the father's trip, what is that exactly? What does it represent? Well, I know the feeling too, Jim. I have two, my son and daughter play, and they're always on the road. <laughs> um especially you're used to short trips in Boston, but uh, I think it represents an opportunity to bond first of all, and, and be proud uh, of your parents. As you know, they do a lot for their kids uh, uh, driving them around, but mostly supporting them in their endeavors. So I think the guys are just naturally want to, you know, put their best foot forward. And I think the dads have a good time with, with other fathers because they can appreciate what, what they go through and have gone through. Yeah, I can only imagine, Bruce. It's an amazing thing. Like, I, I'm crying because it was just getting the kids padded up, you know, getting their skates on, getting their pads on. It was like a full-time job in and of itself. But when you think about the commitment that parents make to the kids and then they grow up and they actually make it into the league and to be able to share that whole thing, it's got to be amazing. You mentioned Boston. Like, you had a really good run as an original six coach or a coach of an original six team. The Vegas situation to me, Bruce, has just been amazing to see from afar. I just think the market is so dynamic. I think the organization is so unique. I understand that you're really focused on what's right in front of you, but what has the overall experience been like so far for you, and what's the transition been like for you this year? Well, it's been great. It was a little bit of an adjustment heading uh, heading west. You know, I'm a, I got a kid from Ottawa. My wife's from New Jersey. We're an East Coast family. Both kids are born in New England, you know, that moved out here. So, um, it, it was different for us. So the way of life, the pace of life. And and now you're into a situation where you got an expansion team that's really, really branded itself, I think, as well as any team in sports. And you come out here and you, and you get a better feel for that. And and the, the people here, the fan base, I mean, they're really into hockey. So that's the, the second thing that you're not sure when you come this way. You see it in minor hockey now that's really growing. And just in general, the fans love the team, love the players. Uh, they've got a lot of passion for the game out here. See, Bruce, the thing is also, I've told this story a million times, but I'm an L.A. native. We had season tickets to the L.A. Kings growing up, so I've always known that it, it can work, right? It can work in California. It can work in the Sun Belt. We actually do know hockey, and whereas the fan base might not be as enormous as it is in other places, it is rabid. It is knowledgeable. What about the fans in Vegas? The energy is absolutely off the charts. How knowledgeable is that fan base about the sport? Well, okay, you come from Boston, and and as you know, the people Fair. in Boston, every sport, they're right. they're experts on everything, right? So, 
Uh, now you come out here and they're just, uh, they're passionate, but maybe not as in your face about it. So, but I think they're very knowledgeable and they're only going to get better at it. Just like the LA fans and Florida for that matter, when, you know, Tampa and Florida goes in there, they start growing the game and they're exposed to it more. So, I mean, I, I like interacting with the fans. We've, our, our team does a number of great things. We just came off one of our foundation galas where you're able to interact and talk to the fan base. And um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely getting it and have gotten it, uh, you know, since the team started and, they're the one original franchise from here. The you know the Raiders moved from Oakland, so I think they have a uh, an identity with the team as well. That you know they were here from day one, and and uh, they've supported from day one. Again, I think the product's amazing. I think the energy is great. I think the organization's great, and they hit the ground running. We're talking to Bruce Cassidy. Bruce, what about Laurent Brossois, who was pressed into duty after injuries to your other two netminders? All this guy did was in his first start in 11 months on Tuesday, make 37 saves, 25 more last night. What's it say about him that he could step right in, in, make a difference? And how much of a lift did he give the club? Well, we've gone through a number of goaltenders this year. You know, Robin got hurt in, uh, in, in really in the summer, had to have another surgery. So we were going in a little bit blind. Logan Thompson had played a little last year, but Logan has kind of been the forgotten, or sorry, uh, uh, Laurent's been the forgotten guy. He had surgery as well, went down to our minor league club to sort of get himself back up to speed, has kind of waited his turn here. Aiden Hill stepped in, did a good job, and now it's it's Laurent, Laurent's turn. So you can't win without good goaltending in this league. He's a guy that's played in the league. It's an opportunity for him. Probably the best opportunity he's ever had to, to grab a number one spot. I could say that about all three guys. They've done a really good job for us. We've tried to play well in front of them, be mindful of where they are in their careers, but uh, kudos to him. It's been excellent. Hey, Bruce, I thought something really interesting. You had challenged your star center, Jack Eichel, publicly in January saying, quote, Jack just has not been the same driving force for us as he was at the start of the year on both ends of the ice. The expectations are not being met by Jack. He needs to be better for us, especially as we're down a few guys to create offense for us. He needs to be one of the drivers, end of quote. I thought that was really interesting. How did he respond to you publicly pushing him to do more and be more? Well, he's been great, Jack. We met in the summer and uh, we, we talked about this. There's going to be times where he's going to have to get pushed out of his comfort zone and, and be the guy that leads this hockey club. Not every night, uh, but in general, be that guy. And he's taken it to heart. He wants to be that guy. He's healthier. Jim, coming out of the break, uh, he got those six days off. And, he, you know, he was, a you know, a little bit a lower body injury. He was nursing. And I think it did him a world of good to get some rest both, you know, physically and mentally. And he's come out and been what what we need him to be. And I think every good team and that wants to be great has to have those guys that that drive the bus for us. And he's certainly fallen into that category. And one of the other reasons is we've lost our captain, Mark Stone, and hasn't played for a while. And hopefully we'll get him back, you know, at some point. But right now we need other guys to step up. And, and Jack falls in that category. And he's done it both, both sides of the puck, not just on the offensive side. He's been really good defensive center as well. No, and you made that point pretty clear too, Bruce. Let me ask you this. I mean, you're never going to pull punches. That's not what you're about. You've had a lot of success in that league. You're going to coach guys hard. You're going to be fair. And you're going to say what's on your mind. Is there ever a concern that if you're critical of a guy publicly, you might lose him? Or is it never about that? It's always about the message. Well, to me, it's about the message, and usually the message has been delivered to the player long before it's ever I put figured. Out publicly. Right. I also, I also believe that you get asked. You're in front of the media a lot, and you know it's hard to sort of be vanilla every day or or skirt around issues. I'd rather deal with them. Yeah, you got to be mindful of what the player is hearing as well. I you know I get that, but you're also speaking to the fan base and. 
Um, but again, I, I, most of these, all of these things are said behind closed doors first and, and hopefully taken that way. I think, you know, it, it you know, the players that know me, I know I, I care about them a lot. And Jack falls into that category. I want to see him do well in this league. He, he hasn't been to the playoffs and had that extra level of success. And I'd like him to have it here in Vegas. It didn't work out in Buffalo. Uh, so I've discussed that with him. And, and some of that will be uh, pats on the back and there'll be some tough love along the way. But hopefully we all end up in a, in a good spot in the end. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm coming from, especially with a guy like Jack. Yeah, and sometimes a kick in the ass if a guy needs that. And, Bruce, I appreciate that. As a member of the media, I really respect that and appreciate that because you're right. It's so easy to say nothing, to always say nothing and to get up there every single day and never, ever you know, say anything that moves the needle at all. And I had to imagine you actually saved me the trouble. I was going to say, I, I'm betting that you said that to him before you said that to us because that's how that usually goes. Let me finally ask you this. Last night's game with the Flames started a three-game stretch against Western Conference opponents with the Central Division's leading stars coming in tomorrow. How critical is this segment of the schedule, which is over six weeks left in the regular season? Well, it's a good measuring stick for us. Calgary's, uh, I mean, I played for Daryl Sutter. He's won Stanley Cups in LA. He, their team plays hard. They play a playoff style. So we have to be able to function in those games and, and come out on top. And we did. It took us a while yesterday, but we got going. Dallas will be the same way. They're a good defensive team, good goaltending. They're, they're big uh, Colorado defending champs after that. So the, these are good games for us to see where we're at at this juncture in the year. We do have time to correct if we don't like what we see. But at the end of the day, you know, not a lot of time to correct. This is you know, kind of who we are now. And, and these games are, are more important because of that, not the points as well, obviously, but just where do we stack up with the better teams in the, in the West? And I still put Calgary in that category, even though they're on the outside looking and I think they have a good hockey club. There you go. So you got a pretty good idea what that identity is. He's the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights first season there. And they are atop the West right now, Bruce, really nice to have you on the program. Great to see you on zoom. Thanks so much for doing that. I really appreciate the conversation. All right. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Let's go to the phones. Jeremy in Green Bay. Good to have you, Jeremy. What's going on? Not much, man. It's been a minute. Hey, shout out to the new guy in the back. Dude looks like he went into wardrobe and demanded they buzz his head and dress him like Pee Wee Herman for his television debut. I mean, you're rocking a bold look, dude. So welcome to the party, Pee Wee. You got some tiny old loafers to fill. Anyways, Jim, let's address the drunken elephant in the room. Your boy Beaks in Cardboard City. Beaks, brother, this is an old school WWF. Jim trolling you isn't him giving you a push. Jim doesn't want you to turn heel and treat Tom like crap. Tom's just doing his job, bro. He can't let you on air if he's afraid you might ask Jim for money or a place to stay and you make Tony LaRusso at a traffic stop sound sober. Jimmy, want to know what I find ironic, though? Not only did Beaks introduce you to Adam Corolla, but he also spent last night sleeping in an abandoned Corolla. And, Jimmy, we were all rooting for Beaks when he entered a 12-step program. But he got winded by the third step. Now he just hangs out at intersections holding a sign that says, refuse to work for food, but I still want some. Now I'm sure Beaks definitely feels he's owed something from you, Tom, the clones, anybody, everybody. But do something productive, Beaks. Why don't you write a sequel to Ira Craig's Every Night is Friday Night? Start by scribbling passages down on some old newspaper, stuffed into empty beer bottles, and chucking them into the sea in hopes they find their way to a publisher and call it when every morning is Hangover Monday. War beaks using a stolen restroom baby changing table as a surfboard and 818 ball for life, Jimmy. 
Dude, that was absolutely cold-blooded. I mean, that was harsh. 818 ball for life? Did you really end that phone call by saying that, dude? And I say that to defend somebody who is going in on my crew and on me. Dang, Jeremy, it has been a minute. Jeremy in Green Bay obviously has been saving up. Wow. Go ahead, Alvin, rack it. Rack him! 1-800-636. It is smack-off season. I know Rick and Buffalo did not introduce it as such, but Jeremy may have. Dang, that was harsh. Harsh. Made Larusa at a traffic stop sound sober. Sober. Eight one eight ball for life. Winded on the third step of the twelve step program. Dang, Jeremy. I mean, I'm trying to move beyond that, but I'm just I can't stop looking at the wreckage. All right, let's try somebody else. Where to, Chuck? All right. I, I don't know that this is the best idea, and I, I love this guy. This is my dude. I've always defended this guy. Alvin, really quickly, before I do it, I want him to think about it. John in New York was seen a certain way on the program, and not in the best light to a lot of people. I've always had his back. I love the guy because the guy is so good to me. James Kelly already, visceral reaction. James Kelly's dropping F-bombs. Don't do it, John. Don't do it. Because James Kelly was more astonished and was more empowered by what John did. John came on the show. James Kelly's like, dude, tell him to walk it off. James, John's fully aware of what's up. John knows what time it is. John knows where he is. I'm sure John has picked up the phone a number of times prior to today, only to put the phone back down. I guarantee John has a plan. John has thought about this, and I'm going to ask him to think about it one more minute. John, before I go to you, remember, the last call you made to this show was one of the more shocking calls in recent years, and you could not have looked any better when you did this, John. Drizzle. Drizzle, what's up? Roman Rome, what's happening, partner? What's up, dude? Nothing much, Roman Rome. I can't call him, man. Him waiting for me to respond. I mean, I laugh every time I hear that. That will never not be funny. <laughs> John, are you sure? Hey, John. My man, are you sure? John in New York is about to bet on John in New York. The way Eric Bieniemy bet on Eric Bieniemy. Because, John, you can walk that thing off and never call ever again and be a legend. Can you top that, John? Whatever your sports take is, whatever you're going to do, will you ever top that? Last chance, John. John in New York, betting on John in New York. Let's go to John in New York. My brother, what's going on? Beautiful to be back, Jim. How you doing? Good, dude. How about you? Not too bad. Jack Savage, huh? Hmm. What's his middle name? Drizzle? Anyway, I just wanted to thank... um, Kyrie Irving for letting the uh, New York and Brooklyn uh, fan base down. 
thinking the championship was coming. Um, I don't think there's anything in sports that has ever been such a disappointment than the Brooklyn Nets. And um, I guess we're back to normal, Jim, uh, being cellar dwellers and uh, 13 and 68 records and things of that nature again. But I'm okay with it. Uh, Fake Kyrie phony. Speaking of fake phonies, Jim, fake phony, self-absorbed, no-talented scrub Mark in Hollywood keeps polluting the big show with his Whack, same old takes about New York, Dirty Subways, Dirty Streets, Studio 54, and other places where Mark was probably conceived. This failure never talks about places like Broadway, Tribeca, and other places where successful actors work and live. And he certainly has no idea, Jim, what it's like to be in a room at a table with A-listers, Hall of Famers, and their families. Why? Because he's such a loser, Jim. Jim's given this puddle of urine more airtime than the International Space Station has been given, and nothing. He's done absolutely nothing with it. Go away, you phony, fake fraud. And, Jim, thank you once again. I love you, and we'll talk again soon. My man, John in New York. (laughs) John, because I love you, I'm just going to shoot you straight. Because... When you have somebody you love, you tell them what they need to hear and not what they want to hear. Dude, what you should have done was, bro, I love you. Don't take this the wrong way. What you should have done was not call and then kept the legend alive, but it was all right. What you should have done if you were going to call was say, Jack Savage. What's his middle name? Drizzle? Click. And then the legend would have been even greater. It It wouldn't have been as good as the previous call, but it was still a really good line. It would have been really funny if you just hung up right then. Not would be like, damn, man, this dude, he gets it. But it's all right. There, you had some moments. And I do love you too, man. I love the guy. I love the guy because the guy loves me. And he's got my back and he's super loyal. And he's all about the jungle. He just hates that phony, fake Mark. That puddle of urine who's gotten more airtime than he deserves. Cracking on things about New York. Not talking about things that matter like Tribeca and Broadway and going in on Studio 54 or probably some place where he was conceived. John, Broham, you might have somehow, some way survived taking that run at Drizzle. And I'm not sure you're out of the woods yet on that one. Do you really want to go in and go up against Mark in Hollywood? Is that a beef that you really want? I mean, I'm here for it. It might not be the best idea. Alvy, are you ready? Why don't you do what you do, Alvy? As a kid from New York. Let's go! Right back at it. What's cracking? Welcome to the program. My name is Jim Rome. A tremendous Monday to you. How you living? How was your weekend? Let's get it. Like I've done this a long, long time. I know exactly what I'm going to get when I tune in to the NBA All-Star Game. I know what I'm going to get, and I know what I'm not going to get. And what I'm not going to get is good basketball. Yeah! It's the worst basketball game ever played. You can't fix that. Jalen Brown went as far as to say, that's not basketball. And then he called the game a, quote, glorified layup line. Really? Because that's an insult to layup lines. So families like mine. Let's play word association. You blurt out loud the first thing that comes to mind. Salt Lake City. Vin Diesel. 
Is exactly. Who didn't get that? AJ McCarron is my guest. Jim, how are you? It's been, uh, hell, I think the last time we talked was after the national championship in 2012, I think. And that's AJ McCarron's girlfriend. Oh, man, I knew it was just a matter of time. Hey! Did you up, see man? Jonathan's act and how awkward he got with his players? I understand the NFL is now a nerd-driven league. Shots. Explosive. Dang. Why does it sound like you're drunk? my mic. I got a delay. Delay. <laughs> sounds like Mary Sue. Not as pronounced. I got a delay. Of all the billions of coffee house folk singers, that's the one you had to pull. Because I'm the one who has to deal with this fallout. Jewel? Dan Wojcik joining us. But Paul George has been very out there on this. And, and you know, he knows. He, he's totally aware of it. Raider Wojcik just gave us a nice, long, great interview. How do you do him like that, Alvin? Micah Parsons can say whatever the hell he wants. Sissy Challenge? Did you not get the memo? Detroit is a destination city and not a, I don't know, poop hole? The poop hole Detroit. Like, we're a city of champions, man. Just because you don't know, Detroit's always going to rep. We got dogs out here. Calvin Johnson joining us. Where do things stand currently with you and the organization? Yeah, man, I think we're having some good conversations. Putting the effort forward to try to make that happen. And I'm excited just to be around the team again. Dodger baseball. Dave Roberts. Romy. Went to London. Took in some shows. Drank uh, a bunch of martinis. We going vodka? We going gin? What did you have? I feel a little like James Bond. So I went Vesper. Gin and the vodka. So with a little with, I felt a little uh, 007 ish. off. Will not stop. You can't be bargained with. Radio slash TV restraining okay. order. And can we get one? And how long would it take? And it absolutely will not stop. I'm going to talk to Big Head here. Let's answer boss man's call. And I know it's a danger of flooding the office if you start sweating, Big Head. But let's take that chance, okay? Hey, Head. Are you really here? I'm here, man. I'm an effort guy. What's going on? I got something for you, Head. Tell me how my ass tastes. Ah, Not interested. Get the hell out of here, man. Spot the wrong time. We're not talking about you walking into a bar and some drunk pukes all over your shoes. Yeah, I don't know, Nate. Wrong place, wrong time is going to stick to you, dude. Bob Melvin. You know, what was a really good club last year, uh, we, we feel like we have a, be, a chance to be better this year. That's what's in. You know, I walked into a studio this morning freaking melting right now. That's something I don't go for. I can't go for that. I could fry an egg on this desk right now. I'm broadcasting from the surface of the sun. So if you want to hit anything, at all, oh, it's out. That is Jack Savage. No chance he wasn't a linebacker at some point. Or a disgruntled police detective. Plays by his own rules. Jack Savage. Fridays, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Police chief's always up my ass. Do it my own way. This fall on Fox. Jack Savage. Tom Izzo. What was the team's why prior to this tragedy? And how has it changed as a result? Boy, well, you're one of my favorites because you ask a lot of good questions. The why is uh, you're playing for more than just yourself. I accidentally called her a MILF. I meant cougar. And why would I want to hang out with someone Go who's got more Go take a glass of cyanide, you filthy, lying parasite. Johannes, me, have the voice of an angel. But you have the voice of a fire engine. Yeah, might be what they gave up for Lynn. Gave up chocolate and Chardonnay. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is my guest. Looking at the weather, I wish you'd change the weather for us when we come out there this weekend. Yeah, right. How about that? Let's tell my guys, man, it's p-
It's pretty hard right about now. Justin Reed, did you guys really feel to a man that you were really disrespected? Absolutely. That fire that comes from that is tangible. That's real. Warriors minus 10 and a half against the Rockets. Cavaliers plus one and a half at Atlanta. So families. If like, I had a family, a-hole killed my one and only member of my family. My dog. See, Arthur was in the background was making sure he wanted to say hi. How we get it done. Get it done. Rich, why the long face? Are we still in segment one? And war Kelly Clarkson. Dad, dad. Mom all right. I think mom may have died. Ain't no bad picks today. You like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> Eric Bienemy has a lot to offer. 818 ball for life. Go away, you phony fake fraud. What? Jesus, Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. Lord. Love. Good night now. Alvin DeLauro, the king, the goat, the legend, the icon, the wizard. Good night now.